The world is changing rapidly. Empowerment is happening actively. Now is the best point in time to connect, share our unique stories. Through life experiences, we're learning from others and discovering our limitless potential, challenging our beliefs and aligning our action to our values, embracing our emotions and transforming ourselves so we can transform the world. Will we trust the progress? What is your area of expertise? You know, that's a very hard question to define. I believe that life is a evolving palette of ideas, emotions, stories, attempts, experiences. As an author, what I like to do with my work is dive into these different pellets of life with the sole purpose of introspecting and figuring out what we can gain, what we can learn from our own stories, you know, as well as others. So my expertise, I mean, there's, there's a few things that I do well, um, but the writing aspect is the number one thing that uh, I think people know me for, um, diving into to different stories and ideas, helping people understand themselves and their path and, and their journey. So being able to share the stories of others, including your journey, and being able to convey that message through the process of writing. So tell me a little bit more in terms of that, how you were able to develop some of your core values and your beliefs. Yeah, so with the writing, it started when I was a young kid. And what it was is my parents were reaching the point, I was, I'm the oldest of five. Uh, but three of us lived in the house, three from the same parents. And my dad had two more after he after he split uh, with my mom. They split when I was in, in high school. So growing up, you know, I was the oldest three. And I was a very observant kid, you know, and I observed that we had the perfect, healthy family structure at first when it was me, mom, and dad. But then as the second and third kid came and as uh, new bills, new responsibilities, new family structures. You know, you have five bodies in a space that used to occupy, be occupied by three. You know, the dynamics of the household started to change. Uh, as well as my parents, they both, uh, I feel like they, you know, it's hard to say because I'm, I'm guessing based off of my observations, but it seemed like they didn't do a lot of introspection or planning for the expansion of the family, uh, thus causing stress and, and discontent and some discomfort uh, in the home and then creating a wedge in between them. And this wedge eventually led to both of them just really becoming uh, obsessed with alcohol. My mother drinking a six pack of MGD every day. My dad drinking Jack Daniels every night after, after work. Uh, and so the alcohol then led to like a complete it really de deteriorated like the family structure we had set forth. And so what happens is when you go from an environment where it's completely loving, and there's a lot of communication, you, you understand, and there's, there's purity and clearness, 
and then it's reversed and then you're in a situation where you know there's what feels like is no love there's child abuse there's emotional abuse there's manipulation um it really makes you even at a young age it really makes you start to like think and you really become aware of it and you start asking like how did this happen or why is this happening and the thing about it is usually and i'm sure most of your listeners can, <laughs> will relate to this usually when things are going great people say hey they're going great but when things are not going great people say hey yeah everything is going great most people don't really come out and say yeah you know what i'm struggling right now or hey you know what my family's not good or you know things are upside down most people don't really say that most people are just like yeah i'm good you know some people say yeah i'm good lol like if you text someone you say hey how are you doing oh i'm great lol but they really are depressed and they need someone to talk to so that's what was happening is you know we would go to family functions we would meet up with friends and they would act as if everything was okay and i'm just observing all of this as a young kid so i i uh wanted to talk to them about what was going on and about everything i was observing but i was taught to i was told to stay in my place and to mind my business and to stay out of grown folks business so what ended up happening was I uh, I stole a notebook from 7-Eleven. I didn't have any money. I was a young kid. This was about seventh grade. And I didn't want to tell my parents that I wanted another notebook because they would ask questions. Uh, so I had this, all these emotions brewing and this trauma and this confusion. But I wanted to let it out. And I didn't feel comfortable talking to other people about it at school or my family, my family, let my extended family, they they let, were led to believe that we were just perfect and everything was good. We were living in the suburbs of Chicago. But everything wasn't good. So I ended up stealing a notebook from 7-Eleven so I could really heal, honestly. And in that notebook, I started writing my observations of their relationship, uh, their tone of voice. I started really studying their communication and I started writing different quotes about things that they could, they were saying to each other, things they should say to each other. And really I just, at a young age in the seventh grade, I just started introspecting and really just diving in to, to watching them and learning from them. And it really spawned a lot of my curiosity with human behavior um, and communication specifically. And so as I went to college, you know, I, I played football, I played football, ran track in high school. But um, as I went to college playing um, Division One football at Northern Illinois University, I uh, was interested in football highly. Uh, but again, that was also a coping mechanism. Playing sports was, cope, was coping. It was a way for me to not be in the house, for me to take care of my body, because I was trying to get my mind right pretty much my whole life. I wanted to get my mind right. So between writing and, and sports, athletics is really what saved my life through some of this some of this, uh, you know, this very dark time of my life. And as I get to college, that's when I started getting more of a formal education around uh, communications. And I started really understanding because, you know, they teach you things about the communication model. You know, we're learning things about psychology, about why people, you know, process information the way they process. Started learning about things like Stockholm syndrome and, you know, just started really learning about pain and how to deal with pain and how to how to adapt to it, uh, as well as communication, effective, effective ways to communicate through reading, writing, you know, a format like podcasting, speaking, or the, the art of oration, and then as well as, you know, putting together books, because I, I love doing 
papers. I love writing papers and I love uh, writing books about theories about human behavior and how we could optimize our experience. So really when, you know, you look at my life, at least in my opinion, every situation that I've been in uh, really has helped me build myself as a writer because I've have a lifetime of you know of stories and of ideas and of observations it's something I've always been into even if I was let's say I was like a district manager at Target you know I still would have this burning to desire to really like dive into the psychology of how of behavior you know even for example I, I did do sales for a little while I was doing sales before I became an entrepreneur and you know I started my my book business and everything and all that is sales is literally psychology. You know, everybody wants to buy stuff, but nobody wants to be sold. So the salesperson has to figure out how do I connect this customer to a product without making them feel like I'm some like easy salesperson. That is, that is psychology. And there, there's a pillar of that. If you, if you look at that and it's the same thing as, you know, for any guys listening, you're trying to sell yourself to a girl. You want a girl to go out on a date with you. You're literally selling yourself by, you know, it's the same thing. Everybody wants to buy stuff, but nobody wants to be sold. So how do I convince this woman or show her or uh, present that we need to go on a date? <laughs> we need to get some lunch. You know, we need to get some dinner without making it seem like, you know, this extravagant ploy to 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 gain her courtship. Or, you know, so really like everything in life, even if you go on a job interview, it's I have to convince these people that I have enough value to do this job so they can hire me so I can, you know, take care of my, my finances and my family and everything else that I want to do in life. Like really everything in life is psychology, sales and understanding other human beings, every single thing we do. And I just found that to be so important, you know, as a football player, as a writer, I just, every, every role I've had in my life, I just have found that it is very important that, we have the self-awareness to introspect on, you know, who we are, who we are not, as well as what's our environment, what's going on, and then how can we, how can we impact or influence that environment? So it sounds like your passion is centered around writing, sharing those stories. And tell me a little bit more why that's important when we are trying to become better. We're trying to optimize our experience or trying to go from being a judger of our experiences or a judge of, of others and really become that observer. Yeah. So that is duality, right? The, the duality of judging versus observing and neither is right. Neither is wrong. They both are valid. One thing that I try to get my readers and listeners to understand is that we have multiple dualities throughout life and we are given a framework that, we need to be yes or no. We need to be true or false. We need to be black or white. We need to be in the fence or on the other side of the fence. And that's simply not true. You know, it's simply not true. Uh, you have to, in my opinion, you have to, you have to embrace the dualities of life. Like you can be a great mother and a great mom, but you may want to go out on Friday night with your girls and, and dance and maybe have a couple of shots, maybe two shots, dance. I don't know what, you know, you may, have a great fitness routine, right? Great fitness routine. You're, you're sharp on your diet. You eat so perfect, but then, you know, maybe Saturday night, you just, you're banging two full pizzas by yourself, right? It's like, it's a balance. Like life is a balance. And 
that's one thing that I think you heal and I think you go to the next level of your life once you realize that I do need to judge some certain things, right? Because when you judge certain things, one, one of the big practices that I talk about is setting healthy boundaries. Like I can judge that this situation is wrong for me. Now I can set a healthy boundary so I can heal, so I can live the life that I want without the stress, without the worry, without friends trying to influence me to do things that don't align with me or without without uh, anxiety. Like once you have healthy boundaries set, you heal. Your life is healed. Like you heal every day with healthy boundaries, right? But then from an observant standpoint, before you get to judging it, you do have to observe yourself with self-awareness and you have to be honest. How does it make me feel, right? That's an observation question I always tell my readers to ask themselves. You know, how does this make me feel when I go talk to this person? How does this make me feel while I'm talking to them? How does this make me feel when I leave this conversation, right? And it's, a, it's a, an intuitive process of observing, right? And then you get the information, you get the data. Well, when I talk to this person, uh, I feel like crap. Why? Is this an isolated incident or is this consistent? No, no, it was just an isolated incident. Okay, well, was it me or was it them? Was it, what, was, what was going on with me that day? Oh, well, I, I, I slept in too late. I didn't get up till 1030. I didn't get my morning routine. So my energy was super off with them. Okay, well, damn. Well, now I know I probably should apologize to them for not bringing my best self and, or at least acknowledge that I was low energy. Oh, well, let's go back. It was them. Oh, what was it about them? Maybe they were a little too abrasive. Maybe they didn't respect boundaries that I've already set in place and that threw my energy off, right? And so that's what I teach is how to do like that introspective observing journey, you know, so you can gain the information and then transitioning that to, uh, you know, hey, we need to make a judgment with the type of culture we want, how we want to live, you know? And um, I have a course called the Deep Healing Course. I teach that in the course, specifically the part about, you know, setting the healthy boundaries. Without healthy boundaries, we don't go anywhere in life. We don't go anywhere in life. We just get used, abused, we get tossed around, we get treated how we want. We need to have healthy boundaries. And that, those healthy boundaries, they first start within, that's the first layer of healthy boundaries. And then the second layer of healthy boundaries is your external world. You can never worry about the external world until you've done the work with your internal world. You have to start there. You have to start with the internal world. So you have to start with the internal world and then work on the outside world that's placing judgment or the judgment you're placing on yourself and being an observer, being self-aware of that. I, I love how you put that. And I agree because essentially like you can worry, but it's, it's more purposeful to worry on purpose. It's more impactful to worry on purpose because then you get a sense of control. And I believe that once we have that sense of control, you're able to make an informed decision and you can take action and you can progress, you can learn, you can grow and, and really use that as a, as a learning opportunity and give that to others, sharing that with others, whether it's, it's in the form of sharing the value of it or just sharing how you feel in the, in the moment. So I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. So when you are sharing this information with others, how is the how is the information conveyed so they can connect with you and really take action towards the information you're sharing today? 
so from a business perspective, I'm a digital, you know, media um, entrepreneur. Since 2012, I've published eight books. So, you know, there's that's a physical product, is that, but the books. So I've been, I put out a book every year. Uh, that's my goal is to put out one book a year. And I look at my work as a moving work, a trans, transformative work that, you know, what I was writing in 2012 is totally different than what I'm writing this year as my life changes, as what I learned changes. Uh, but the whole premise is the same and it's how, how and, and what do we need to discover about ourselves introspectively for us to individually go to our next level. You know, one time, you know, one thing about quote unquote self-help is some, some of it is people telling you what to do, what to do, how to be like you better intermittent fast because intermittent fasting is the best for you or you need to do burpees before you do your push up. Like it's very uh, with self-help, it can be it can be not enough of allowing people to find their own light. And that's what I pride myself on is my books represent questions and just a journey together. It's not me. It's never me saying you have to do this. You have to be this way. It's me saying, hey, I'm going to use my story and my vulnerable uh, stories and the things that I've been through. And I'm going to be vulnerable and show you show you why I've messed up. But I'm also going to show you my thought process and how I changed. And then my victories, because I've had a lot of victories as well. I'm going to show you and I'm going to tell you what I did and what I'm currently doing with the victories. So, my, you know, like LeBron says, you got to keep the main thing, the main thing. So my main thing is writing my books. All right. So that's first and foremost for me. And then from there, I have courses. Right. So courses is I have a professional cameraman that is one of my team members. He's on my staff. So he films the courses for me. And the courses is an e-learning product. So people can take those on their computer, on their phone. Uh, and what that looks like is I have two courses right now. One is called How to Stop Overthinking. Uh, and it's me introspecting that that how to stop overthinking it's very direct it's very niche and my flagship course is called deep healing so in 2018 i released my best-selling book care package and the feedback has been phenomenal there's over 500 reviews on amazon it's a five-star book uh, it's shifted a lot of people's lives and what i wanted to do was i wanted to continue that work on healing so i made the deep healing course as a continuation uh, of that work so there's the you know, the course format. Now, also I stretch into podcasting. I have a podcast called the Free Your Energy Podcast, where I post once a week, my conversations with different people. Uh, and that is us trying to discover what we can learn from different stories that people have been to. So the way I see it, I want, uh, you know, as the head of my company, I wanna have media that everyone can digest, based on the way they like it. I have you know, YouTube videos that come out once a week. I have an email newsletter that comes out once a week. I post on Instagram and Facebook once in the morning, every morning I post. I tweet every morning. I got my, my books that comes out once a year. I have a new course that comes out uh, every three months or so. I started doing courses at the beginning of the year. Um, so every three months I put out a new course. You know, So for me, it is a, no matter what your message is, you can convey your message through different mediums to reach whoever is receptive to the vibrational uh, energy of your message.